Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword new song. And now, check out our message of the week. First thing I want you to write down in your sermon notes as we get into this, letter A, letter A. My highest goals should be to honor and glorify Jesus and live a life of love. So no matter, so what I'm doing is I'm setting the foundation. No matter what, no matter what we talk about today and next week as we talk about five years from now and goals that you have in life, we're gonna talk about a lot of different areas. I want you to know that even if we're talking about how to be successful in your business, how to be successful in your vocation or you're successful at home or successful with your finances and how to live your, just your best life, can I, can I tell you something? That before we talk about all of that stuff, you need to honor Jesus and live a life of love above all things. And the Bible is very clear about that. If we, we can do something great and then this something great and this something great, but, but the apostle says, but if you don't love it's just noise. It's just noise. If you don't live your life to glorify Jesus and live a life of love, can I tell you something? It's just not your best life. It's not your best life. The Bible says no matter what you do, no matter what you do, do it for the glory of God. So, so if you're making widgets, make widgets for the glory of God. You're like, well, how do I do that? Just in all things, just give it your best. Work hard. People will honor you. When you have conversations as you're, as you're working next to the guy or the girl, you know, making widgets, just say, hey, you know what, I, I just, um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just doing, I'm just trying to be faithful. I'm just giving my best. I got a great family to provide for. I just love being a dad. I love being a mom. I love, I love being a husband. I love being a wife. And, and you know what, Jesus just made such a difference in my life. And just take him, into, take him into your story, whatever your story is. Just do it for the glory of God. You know, my son, I'm so proud of him. And, and uh, uh, again, he wouldn't want me to, to, to say this out loud. But you know, several months ago, my, dad, my, my son got a job at Pizza Hut. But I promise you, not everybody at Pizza Hut is a Christian. I promise you that. They're just not. And, and I'm telling you, my son is a hard worker. Um, in fact, both my boys are just hard workers. And um, I, I'm so proud of my son because they, they beg him to come in. When, they, when he comes in, they start clapping for him because he's just the best at what he does. And they're like, man, nobody does this like you. And, and yet they know he's different. They know that he doesn't talk like them. He doesn't get into the conversations like they get into. And they, they take, they, you know, they've, they've offered him stuff, you know, uh, to, to try. And he's just, no, I don't, I don't do that. And like, oh, you're a Christian. And, and uh, he says, yeah, I am. Know, and they know, they just know that there's a difference in him, and they all love him, and he's totally different from the, not, not from, I mean, there's some Christians that work there, but he's different from a lot of them. And can I tell you, I'm so proud of him, and, and, and don't you know that we're all called to do that? I mean, think about it this way. If my 17-year-old son can do that in a, in a non-Christian environment, can't you? Like, can't, can't you just rise up and just be the man or woman of God that you've, you've always dreamed about being? I don't know about you, but I have a dream in my life. I have a dream to be a man of God like the world has never seen before. Like, I just have that dream. I, I just want, I want to be real. I, I want to be real with God. I want to be real with others. I want to love God. I want to love others. I, I don't, I, I just, I just want to be 
authentically in love with Jesus and in love with people. And, and I want that to show in my life. I, I don't want people to say, but I don't know about Pastor Justin. I don't know if he's the real deal or not. Like if somebody ever leaves new song and says, ah, I think that guy's faking it, then I must have done something. I, I must, I, then I, there must be some changes that I need in my life to make sure that I'm glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ at all time and I'm loving people. Thankfully, I've never heard anybody say that, and I'm proud, of, I'm proud about that. In fact, it's the exact opposite when people come here and say, we just like you because you're so transparent. You're just, just real, and I am, sometimes to a fault. Um, but I, just, I, I do that because I want you to know I struggle with what you do. I, I have the same temptations that you have. But at the end of my life, I want people to look at me and say, but he was the real deal. He really loved Jesus, and he really loved others. And, and I just have a dream. You dream about that? And if you don't, why don't you embrace that dream first? Before you embrace, embrace any other dream, before you embrace, you know, what you want your life to be like five years from now, could we just embrace the fact that we need to glorify Jesus and love Jesus and love people? Let that be our highest goal. If you ever see that, say amen. Because you, you know I'm right. If you, if you study the Bible, you know I'm right. Let that be our highest goal. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, the first part of it, I love this, just says, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. So your highest goal in life, five years from now, if you're looking back, say, wow, I'm living a great life. Let love be your highest goal. Let it be, let it be the center of your life. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. That's the other thing. I don't want to live my life living out my plans. I want to live out my life living out the, the Lord's plans in my life. But let me say it this way. God's plan, I want it to trump my plan. I want God's plan to trump my plan. I, I, want, I want him to take me wherever he wants me to go. And in that, yes, he does give me vision. He does give me he does give me a heart for the future. He does allow me to set goals in, in my life, but, I, I, but I, I align myself to his plan first, and then I know what he wants to produce in my life. For instance, a long time ago, this is quite a while ago now, in fact, uh, uh, about 19 years ago, maybe a little bit more, just uh, within the first year of marriage of my wife and I, uh, as you know, when, uh, as many of you know, when Jennifer and I got married 20 years ago, um, we were $65,000 in debt, and that did not include any house. We, we were living in a parsonage, so that was a lot of debt. And, and the Lord spoke to me very, very clearly, and he said, if you don't get out of debt, I cannot use you the way that I want to use you. And I thought, well, I, I don't want to stop God from using me, so I need to get out of debt. And my second thought was, oh, no. I have to take a major cut in pay here. But the truth of the matter is, I was only making 300 bucks a week. I mean, how much more could it have been cut? You know what I mean? Like I was making next to nothing at that time when the Lord spoke to me. And, um, and, and I'll tell you, uh, it started a journey. As I knew that, okay, in order to glorify Christ, I need to be debt-free. It started a, a journey in my life. And I, I'm going to say it like this. It took us several years to become debt-free. Um, I never could have started New Song Church. My wife and I could have never started this, this church unless we had been debt-free. We just couldn't have done it because I, I took such a major cut in pay to come in and do this from where I was working in New Song. 
And, and so, so I'm going to, as we talk about five years from now, I want you to know things like this. Yeah, it matters what you do at work. And, and, it, and your finances matter to God. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you that five years from now, hopefully, many of you are going to catch a vision. Five years from now, I need to be debt-free. And, and then that's going to set you on a course. And I promise you, uh, debt freedom, uh, God talks about that, that, that if you owe somebody something, you're a slave to the lender. Well, I don't want to be a slave of anybody. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to be a slave. Now, let me preface this and say, I do have, we, my wife and I do carry a mortgage. We do have a mortgage, but we're hitting that thing. You know what I mean? We're trying to get that, get that out of there, too. Other than that, we're debt-free, and um, it's a great way to live life. I tell you, I, I've never heard somebody who's been debt-free say, oh, man, I hate being debt-free. I just hate it. Well, I really miss my credit cards. Have you ever heard anybody say, man, I miss Visa. I really miss, I miss MasterCard. I miss Discover. Nobody ever says that. Why? Because the grass really is greener on this side. It really is, I promise you. And I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to help you with that. Francis Chan says this, to, just to, again, setting the foundation, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. The question I'm going to ask you this week and next week, are you are you striving for things in your life that don't really matter? That they just don't really matter. Are you striving for those things? And can I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you today and next week to get off of that path. Don't stay on the path of fighting for things that don't matter. Let's get on the path that, that in, which we, in which we live to glorify God and to love others. Let's get on that path because it's the best path. Let her be, write this down, embracing God's plan guarantees my best future. Embracing God's plan guarantees my best future. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Notice he doesn't say by changing the way that you act. He says, no, by changing the way that you think, because God knows something that you and I often don't put together. Um, let, let me say it like this, when, when your mind changes, when your thoughts change, your actions will change too. So, so I'm not asking you in this series to change your actions as of yet, I'm asking you to, to allow God to change your thoughts, because when God changes your thoughts, your actions will naturally change. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. So uh, these are the questions that I have to answer. Ready for this? Number one. Am I allowing God to transform my thoughts? Am I allowing God to transform my thoughts? Remember Romans 12, 2 says, when you allow God to change your thoughts, then you will, you will learn to know God's will for you, his good and pleasing and perfect will. You'll know his will for you when he changes your thoughts, but are you allowing God to transform your thoughts? James 4, 13 through 15 says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year, we will do business there and make a profit, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? That's the question. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. 
I, I grew up in a culture, um, uh, let me say it like this. I grew up in a culture in rural Oklahoma. So there's Oklahoma, but then there's rural Oklahoma. And there's a difference there, but not by much, all right, because they're all rednecks, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and so growing up in rural Oklahoma, and, and, and in fact, in, in just kind of old school, you know, Pentecostal style churches, uh, you would talk to somebody and they'd just say, well, Lord willing, Lord willing, Lord, Lord willing. And they would say it so often that it literally meant nothing. Like, oh, Lord willing. Like, oh, bless your heart. You don't think about what that really means, do you, when you say it? And they were just saying Lord willing so, so flippantly. Like, oh, Lord willing, we'll be there. And that means, yeah, I hope so, you know, something like that. But the truth of the matter is there is a, there is an, a real biblical point to that. That you, that you can say, hey, hey, I have some goals here. I have some things in mind, and Lord willing, it's going to work out. But if he doesn't will, it ain't working because I'm not going to keep going down that path if that's not the will of God. Like, so, so yes, we need to make plans, but can I tell you something? Sometimes God's, he needs to change our plans. He needs to change our plans. And you need to be wise enough to know are you following the Lord's plans or are you following your own plans? And God says, you can try to follow your own plans, but you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know. Like in the middle of all of this, let me say it this way, in the middle of all of this, you've got to trust God. You've just got to trust God. So let me break it down for you before we go to the rest of the, of the points here this morning. Five years from now, what do you want to be doing? I ask my children this all the time. Five years from now, what do you want to be doing? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want your family to look like? What do you want your finances to look like? Where do you want to be in five years? And you say, well, why five years? I don't know. You got to aim at something, right? Two years seems too short. Ten years seems too long. So I just kind of settle at five years. Five years from now, five years from now, I want you to think about it. I want you to answer that right here, right now. Five years from now, what do you want your life to be like? Do you, let me ask you this. Let me just ask you some common questions. Five years from now, um, how, many of you, um, how, how many of you want to have more debt five years from now than you do right now? Oh, wait, nobody raised their hands? And yet, how easy is that to pull out our credit card and pay for something just because you want it now? Now, now, ooh, did I just step on some toes? I know I did. You don't have to answer me. I know I did. Because five years from now, none of us want to have more debt. But I promise you, there, there, there are people who five years from now don't want to have more debt. In fact, they want to have less debt, but they're going to have more debt. Why? Because they don't have a goal for five years from now. They, they have a desire, they, they, have, well, they have a wish, but that's not a goal. That's not something that they're fighting for or fighting towards. How many know what I'm talking about so far? Okay, five years from now, what do you want your family to look like? Where do you want to be on the job? Uh, uh, um, what level of success do you want to see on your job? Five years from now, what do you want your marriage to be like? What do you want your family atmosphere to be like? What, what do you want your relationship with your children to be like five years from now? In fact, let's talk about kids. Where do you want your kids to be five years from now? 
Where do you want your grandkids to be five years from now? And are you, are you making decisions not based upon the now, but based upon the five years from now? For all, all of the singles in the room and you want to get married, I, I've, I've rarely, I have, but I, rarely do I meet a single person who doesn't want to get married, okay? So, so all the singles, five years from now, if you picture yourself married, who do you want to be married to? And I don't mean that, I don't mean that, um, like, give me a name, although some of you probably could. Uh, what I'm saying is five years from now, if you want to be married, who do you want to be married to? Do you want to be married to a Christian, or do you want to be married to an, a, a passionately devoted follower of Christ? And there's a difference. There's a difference. Do, do you want to have, do you want to have, uh, 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 let me say it this way. Do you want to marry the man or the woman of your dreams? And what does that man or woman look like and act like and talk like and think like? So does the person, is the person that you're with today, does it match who you want to be married to five years from now? And if you say no, they're, they're, not, really, they're not really who I want them to be. I mean, yeah, he says he knows Jesus. She says she knows Jesus, but... I still have some questions. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Can I tell you? People lie when they're dating. How many told a lie when you were dating? Everybody get your hands up. You know you did. Like, you know you did. Like, no, man, I can bench press 320 pounds. You couldn't do 200. You know it. I was arm wrestling champion in my high school. You'd never entered into no contest. You just lied, you know? Come on. We've all done it. And could it be that the person that you're with right now, could it be, and I've seen this over and over and over, oh, no, I'm serious about the things of God. And then a year from now, you'll find out they were just lying. They were just lying. And, and I'm, I'm asking you some questions because what your five years from now looks like depends on the decisions that you make today and decisions that you make tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. Your five years from now depends on wisdom from you now, not five years from now. Five years from now, it's going to be too late. The decisions have already been made, and then you'll be looking ahead at the next five years. Everybody with me? Okay, so when I, when I, I, I don't care what it is, if it's about the church, if it's about my, my relationship with my wife, if it's about my kids, if it's about my finances, I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always thinking ahead. I don't want to make a decision just for today. I want to make a decision for five years from now. I want to look back and say, wow, that was a great five years. Wow, look what I accomplished in the last five years. See what I'm saying? Especially now, I'm asking my kids this. If you have kids in high school, is this helping you out some? Is this all right? I have some kids in high school. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Isaac and Zay, a sophomore and junior um, Love, love my kids. Grace is in, is in eighth grade and then Delight, of course. Got a little ways to go, but my, my oldest boys, they're, they're going to be graduating in a year or two years from now. And I've been asking them five years from now, where do you want to be? Because they're still, they're still not struggling, but they're still asking, what is my purpose in life? And I love it that they're asking. Them. And in fact, I'm making them ask that question. Making them because it's important. So I ask him things like this. Well, five years from now, Isaac, um, where are you going to be? I don't know. 
well, what degree are you going to have? Because you're going to go to college. It's like, yeah. Okay, well, what degree are you going to have? Well, where are you going to go? Well, we got to work on that. Because if you don't aim at something, you're not going to hit it. If, if you don't have a target, how many know you're just going to run wild? Well, I don't want my kids to run wild. I want them to have goals. I want them to have a target. Some, some of you, um, and you know this full well, you, you graduated high school and you didn't have a target. You didn't have a goal. You were just living in the moment. So you thought, I, I hope this doesn't hit too home, close to home because I'm not putting you down. I'm not. I'm really not. But some of you didn't have a, a target when you graduated. You, you didn't have any target at all. Your, your target was, I'm just going to have fun tonight. Oh, well, apparently for me to have fun tonight, I got to get a job because it costs money to have fun. So then you just went and got a job to pay for your fun. Well, 10 years later, you realize that the fun was over, but you're still in that job that you never really liked. You just did it to have fun. But now you feel like you're stuck there. Is this too close to home? This is good stuff. So your teenagers need to know that they don't make decisions just to have fun today. They make a decision based upon five years from now, upon 10 years from now. Uh, boy, I hope I'm getting there. Because some of you, can I tell you, out of this series, I think some of you are saying, are going to be saying, you know what, I've been in this job. This is not my life's purpose. I, I know I was called to something more. And I'm not going to tell you to quit your job. I'm going to say, okay, while you're doing that job, while you're putting food on the table, while you're providing for your family, let's aim at something else. See, see when, so when I know people that have gone back to college to say, I need to go get my degree, I've got to go, i got some stuff I want to do, and I don't want to live this life for the rest of my life. I applaud them. I'm one of the loudest cheerleaders at that point. Thankfully, I, I don't wear a miniskirt when I cheer them on or pom-poms. What is the deal with pom-poms? I, I was just watching, how many watched the NFL draft? And, am I, oh, man, I'm not even going to talk anymore then to you guys. What are you thinking? You're not fans at all. So, so in the NFL draft, a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, the, the Packers select so-and-so, and sometimes they'll have cheerleaders there, and then they start doing the whole pom-pom thing, shaking the, I just think, don't you feel stupid? I mean, seriously, you're in front of the entire national audience, and you're going, yay. Get a purpose. That's what I say. Get a, a purpose in life. There's more to that in life. Okay, I got to move on, because I'm, maybe you're ex-cheerleaders. I'm sorry. Are you allowing God to transform your thoughts? What, what if, let me pose a question to you. What if what you're doing right now is not what God wants you to be doing five years from now? Are you going to allow the Lord to transform your thoughts? Are you? Some of you have been called to do something for the Lord that you've been putting off, or you think it's too late. My question to you is, are you going to allow God to transform your thoughts? And when he transforms your thoughts, I promise you, it will change your direction. What, what has he called you to? What does he want you to do? If you say, you know what, I just don't know. Next steps. Next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. I'm sorry, 1045, 1045. Next Sunday morning in the Next Steps room will help you start the process of discovering your personality, your spiritual gifts. We'll, we'll help you find out what you're passionate about. We say it this way here at New Song, and I'll teach it a little bit longer 
at, um, at, at another time, but at the center of your personality and your passions and your gifts is your purpose. Just do that for the glory of the Lord. Just do it for the glory of the Lord. I have some other things I want to show you right here, right now, too. Number two, what are your gifts? What are your gifts? It's exactly what we're talking about. What are your gifts? Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, how, how many know that prophecy is a spiritual gift? Don't look down upon the gift of prophecy. There's nothing wrong with it. Can it be abused? Yes. It can be abused just like anything can be abused. Okay? Anything can be abused. But prophecy is a spiritual gift. And he says, listen, if it's to prophesy, then, then uh, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So what are your gifts? What, do you, what, what have you been called by God to do? What has he gifted you to do? If you say, I don't know, next steps, next Sunday morning, 1045, I'm going to help you discover your spiritual gift. That it could be mercy, it could be generosity, it, it could be some, you know, acts of service or helps. It, uh, it could be teaching. It, it could be uh, so many different things. I mean, there's like 26 options that we have listed there that, that you say, wow, you know, yeah, that defines me. That's who I am. And we would look at you and say, okay, do that for the glory of God. So it does, so, so let me, okay, so let me say it like this, because when we talk about purpose, uh, it, it make, when a pastor talks about purpose, a lot of times he makes it seem or she makes it theme, seem that everybody in the room is called into full-time ministry. You're not, not all of you are called into full-time ministry. In fact, you know, David Grant, who was here uh, just a few months ago for Project Rescue, we gave him $45,000 for Project Rescue uh, just, I think, past November. Uh, I asked him how many missionaries on the mission field should actually be there. He said probably only half. Half of the missionaries on the mission field today are not called to be missionaries, and they prove it by their lack of fruit. He also, I said, what about pastors? He said, I would say the same. Half of the pastors in America shouldn't be pastors. They just shouldn't be pastors. They just don't have that gifting, and that's why they're not being successful. So, so let me say it like this. Jesus called disciples and we're all called to be disciples, but then there were disciples on another level. And Jesus didn't mind the crowd. He had no problem. Let me say it this way. He had no problem when the 4,000 or 5,000 came to him and he was feeding them and blessing them and preaching them. He had no problem that they were going to go back to life at their job. He had no problem with that. But he wanted them to be transformed on the inside when they went back. He wanted them to be he wanted them to be completely transformed by the Spirit and the power of God, knowing that when they go back to life as normal, that it's actually not going to be normal. So for those of you who are like, well, I don't think I'm called into the ministry. I'm not saying you are. I'm, in fact, I would, I would tell you, you're probably not. But whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord and use your gifts. If you don't know what they are, 1045 next Sunday, next steps room. We'll meet you there, and we'll, we'll help you discover your spiritual gifts. Number three, what are my life experiences? I love this out of the message, Romans 12, 1. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. 
Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you could actually do for him. Isn't that great? I just love the way that reads out of the message. Like, just take that life. Take that life. This is my life right now and lay it down before the Lord as an offering and say, Father, glorify yourself through me. Glorify yourself in my giving, in my working, in my parenting, in my, in my relationship with my spouse. Father, glorify yourself through me. And I tell you, you are on the right track for God transforming your mind because when you live your life like that, God is going to lead you and he's going to take you down a path that you might not have ever thought you would be down. Some of you might start some things down the road that you never would have thought you would have started. But it all came about because you said, you know what? I'm going to take my everyday life and I'm going to surrender it to the Lord and say, Father, glorify yourself through me. What a powerful thing to do. What if we all did that? What if we all did that? Father, glorify yourself. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm at work, whether I'm at family or whether I'm having fun, Father, glorify yourself through me. Even if you're in the checkout line at Kroger's and somebody can't pay their bill, Father, glorify yourself through me. See what I'm talking about? Jennifer and I, we just, we've chosen to live our life that way. Father, glorify yourself. Great way to live life. And then number four, what has God rescued you from? 2 Corinthians 1, 4, he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. So here, just this is this, the foundational message of the day. Before we really get into five years from now, and I'm going to help you with that starting next week, we've got to talk about living our life for the glory of the Lord. That we first of all, the very first thing that we do is we surrender our plans to the Lord and say, Father, I have plans, but I lay my plans down for you to give me your plan. And in, in, the, in the meantime, until I directly hear from you, I'm going to take my everyday life and I'm going to live it for the glory of your name. And whatever you want to produce in me or through me, I'm ready for that. And then in the middle of that, new song, listen to your pastor. In the middle of that, you're allowing God to transform your thoughts. You're asking that question. You're discovering your spiritual gifts. You're saying, God, God, show me what I'm good at. Show me what you've gifted me to do, and I'm going to put those gifts into effect. I'm going to put those gifts out there to be used by you. So is it, is it teaching? Do you have the gift of teaching? Do you love the Bible and have the gift of teaching? We'll start a small group. Do you have the gift of teaching and you're saying, well, I don't really know the Bible really well, but I do love people and I, I do have something to offer. We'll offer that for the glory of God. And in the middle, as you're offering that, lead people to Jesus. Just point people to Jesus. And if they ask you tough questions, here's the answer I always give when somebody asks me a tough question. This is life-changing. This is life-changing. If somebody asks me a question that I don't know the biblical answer to, here's what I say. I don't know. Life-changing, right? Because I don't want to be a liar. And I don't know about you, but there are a lot of pages in this book. 
I've never met anybody that knows every, every single thing on every single page. Sometimes my kids come home, they say, Dad, remember that story? We were learning about this in chapel today. Remember that story where so-and-so did this? Like, no. <laughs> and I've read this thing through more than once. You know what I'm talking about? And I, so if I don't have the answer, I just say, I don't know, but I can help you find out. I don't know, but I can look it up for you. I don't know, but let, hey, why don't we get together and talk about it, and the next time we talk, uh, I'll, I'll have some things ready for you when we meet. You see how easy that is? You don't have to have, new song, you don't have to have all the answers to be a great leader. In fact, can I tell you, every great, every great leader will admit that they don't have all the answers. They don't pretend to. But in my world, I just hang out with people that have better answers than me, that are smarter than me. I really do. I put myself, I put myself around people who are smarter than me because I'm not satisfied with where I am right now. And I know I'm, on most days, on my, on my very best days, I'm just average. But I hang around some great people that make me better than average. True, just telling you like it is. But what are your gifts? What are your life experiences? What, what are you living right now that you can just lay down for the glory of God? And then what has God rescued you from? You've got a testimony. You've got a testimony. What has he rescued you from? Tell people about it. Encourage people. Did, did, were you once in prison? Don't answer that with your hand up or anything. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but if you've ever gone to prison, you've had a bad night, maybe you should go visit some other people in prison and just say, hey, I've been where you've been. God brought me out. And I'm praying he brings you out too. Well, I don't know anybody in prison. Well, go meet somebody. Trust me, they want to talk to anybody. <laughs> they love conversations. I've been, to, I've been on a lot of prison visits. I've never had one person say, ah, I was having so much fun, I wish you didn't come here today. I've never had that happen. How many know people in prison, they're happy to see somebody when you, they don't care who it is, they just want to see somebody and visit with somebody. And so, so you see, I'm going to say, take your past experiences, what you've learned from, and help somebody else, encourage somebody else. So the first thing, the first thing, first thing, glorify Jesus with all that you have at all times and love him, love others. We live for the glory of God. Live for the glory of God. So first things first, we're gonna lay our lives down before the Lord. Now next week, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you a lot more hands-on application. Okay, here's how, to, here's how to, to make a plan for five years from now. I'll, I'll teach you that. But for right now, today's just a day of surrender because let's face it, a lot of us have been living life just Some of you, in fact, some of you in this room, you've not even been living your life for your wife or your children. You've just been living it for you. And if you look really deep down inside, you, you have some selfish desires that you've been trying. That's not helping your, your relationship with your spouse or your family. Ladies, there's some ladies in here that you haven't been putting down selfish desires that you just need to put. They're keeping you from what God is really calling you. And today, we're just going to just have a moment of surrender. So your chair is your altar is, is the altar right and and we're gonna lay some things down before the Lord before we would you just bow your heads with me let's just spend just a moment here and I want you to think about things in your life that you just need to lay down do you have selfish desires are, are there things in your life that's keeping you from your best future 
are, are there addictions in your life in which you need to find freedom? Is there a mindset in your life? Are, are you being distracted from your purpose in life because you're so interested in what, what you would say is having fun? But I'll tell you this, there's no greater joy than living your life for the glory of the Lord. No greater joy than that. Can I tell you, there's some people in this room, this might sound really dumb to some, some other people, but some of you, this is going to ring true. There's some people in this room right now that you are so absorbed in media, so absorbed in video games, you're so absorbed in movies, you, you're just absorbed by those things. And it is keeping you from your best life. And today's a day where you could say, I need to surrender that. I'm going to give that up so I can live. Some here in this room that need to do that. Can I be honest with you? We have multiple people we've counseled that video games is getting in the way of their relationship with their spouse. Like they, they, are, they were facing divorce because of video games. Come on, everybody. Let's get serious about that. Are there some things that you need to give up? Are there some things that you need to give up so you can live your life for the glory? What are they? Get those things in your mind. Heavenly Father, we surrender. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of all. Be my Lord. Reign in me. I surrender my life to you. There are things in my life that do not glorify you, that are keeping me from my best future, which is obviously the future that you call. Lord, today, right now, I'm choosing to lay those things down. I'm choosing you today. I, sur I surrender my life. I surrender my heart to you. I'm sorry for letting things get in the way. My purpose in Christ Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Thank you for doing that. And empower me to live a life of surrender. Empower me. Empower me, God. I need you to do it. To live for the glory of your name in all things at all times. Because that's what I want to be about. In all things. Be glorified in me and through me, I pray. Let your name be lifted high. Thank you for doing that. And I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Would you stand up with me very quickly? We're ending the service right now, but I want to tell you a couple things. Our prayer team will be down here. To my right, your left, and they're ready to pray for you. 
If you have anything on your heart and mind, we have an altar call every week, meaning every week you can come down and be prayed for. And, and uh, we have some prayer warriors that know how to touch the heart of God, that know how to call upon the Lord on your behalf, and they'll join you, and they'll fight the fight of faith with you right here every single Sunday. We have a prayer team waiting for you. So as everybody else is going that direction, you just come this direction. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Just meet them right over here. You'll see them standing in front of the altar. If today was a day that you surrendered your life to Christ or you made a commitment to Christ, I want you to do something too. I want you to take that connection card that said, and at the bottom, I'll just write your name, uh, you know, a way to contact you, an email or phone number, and just say, hey, today I renewed my commitment to the Lord, or today I accepted Christ. Take that to guest services, and they have a book that they're going to give you called Fresh Start, and it, it is one of the best books that I've ever come across on just how to live out the Christian life and what God wants to do in you, and what, what ultimately what we all have to do in making our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ right and that is done by faith. I promise you that. It's not of works. It's of faith. And that, Bible, and that booklet teaches you how to live a life of faith in Christ Jesus. It's just one of the best things you could ever get. So make sure you fill out that connection card and take it to guest services. And they'll set you up. Just say, hey, I need that book, Fresh Start. And they'll give that to you free of charge. Absolutely no charge to you whatsoever. New song, can I bless you today before you leave? You know I love to speak blessings over you. Can you open up your hands toward heaven and let me bless you today? Heavenly Father, I bless this community of faith with every good and perfect thing that you have for their life. Lord, I place in them a desire like they have never known to be passionately devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I bless this entire church, every, every person, every individual. Lord, I bless them. I bless them, Lord with an outpouring of your spirit. And I bless them with wisdom and revelation, a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they could know you better, the, the depth and the height and the width and the length of your love, Father. Let that assurance rest in them and on them. And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that we are not mediocre. We are not average Christians. We are not lukewarm Christians. We are Christians that have been set apart, that are on fire for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will live for his glory every single day day. New song, if you receive that blessing today in the name of Jesus, say amen. 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 I love you guys. Have a great day. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.